So have you ever been lost? I mean, I'm talking you're driving somewhere, maybe in a new city, and you have a GPS, but there's construction, so it's worthless, and you're trying to find it, and your wife is mad, and the and kids are asking, so what time are we supposed to get there? And you're driving, trying to stay calm, but it's just so difficult. Ever been there? Can I amen? Being lost is the worst. And so if you've ever been lost and you know the frustration that it can be on knowing where you're trying to get, you know where you're supposed to be, and yet you're not on the right path. And many people, whether or not they realize it at first, but they have actually lost their way in life. And I would even say this, there are many churches that have also lost their way. And the vision that we have for our church of of extending, of spreading God's renewal to Bell County and the world, and our mission, which is to see people made new in Jesus, and then to grow in Jesus and be released into the world for Jesus. To accomplish this mission requires that we stay on the path that God is calling us to follow. So we're in a series called Trajectory, and we're considering what we need to do to stay on this path. And so we're looking at our core values that serve as guardrails to keep us on God's path. And so two weeks ago, we looked at how we value the Bible. We value the Bible because it leads us to know God himself. That is a guardrail that keeps us on the right path. Last week, our associate Colton, he preached on how we value people. We value all people, diversity, people. You come as you are. We want to know you. We want to encourage you. We want you to be known and know that you have value because Jesus loves you. God made you. Jesus died for you. And you are made in his image. And so you have intrinsic, eternal worth and value. And you can belong to this faith family and share life with us. And this, these are our values that, that shape who we are and govern how we make decisions and what the church looks like. And so today, as we continue in this series, Trajectory, we're talking about two more of our values. We're talking about how we value being intentional and we value being simple. So these are two of our values that we're talking about this morning that also serve as these guardrails that keep us on the path that God has called us to follow. So let's read in Ephesians 5. And as you're turning there, these values are what matters most to this church. So if you're new, just kind of visiting and checking this place out, this will give you an idea of what we value what we find to be most important. And we value because we believe from God's word that God values it. And these values shape our church culture. So if you've turned to Ephesians 5, let's begin reading just one verse to, to get the context, and then we'll, we'll keep reading. Ephesians 5, verse 14. For anything that becomes visible is light, therefore it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Let me read that that again. Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, 
and Christ will shine on you. There are churches across this world, this country, and this county that need to hear this message. Wake up. It's time to awake, O sleeper, and look around you how there are multitudes that are spiritually dead, that are far from God, that what they have, especially in our county, an appearance of godliness, but denying its power. People that have a, a religiosity, they have a familiarity with church, and they think, oh, because my grandma is a Christian, and when I was a kid, I went to VBS, now that makes me a Christian. Like, this is the culture that we live in, where everyone's a Christian. And yet, you have to ask a question. Why does God's word say, wake up, O sleeper? This is a timely message for our age today. There are countless people that we live with that are captives, that their souls are in so much pain, and they have no idea where to go to find healing and freedom. And we have it. His name is Jesus, and it comes through his gospel. Through the power of his spirit, when his people live on mission and when their lives look different from the world around. And so he says, awake, O sleeper. And so we must be a people that live on purpose, that live on mission, so that way we can see the countless around us that says, arise from the dead so that Christ will shine on them. It is all about the gospel accomplished through Jesus' life, death, burial, and resurrection. It is about the cross. So we live a cross-centered and gospel-centered life, and this must shape who Renewal Church is. A people that are zealous to see the dead or be resurrected and Christ shining on People. So when someone repents and trusts in Jesus, it says that they are brought to life and now have the light of Christ. And so now in light of that, if you're a believer here today, if you have already given your life to Christ, if you have repented and are trusting in Jesus, not in you being a good person, not in being a good Christian, but I'm talking about you have cast yourself on the mercy of God. And with all of your heart, you are trusting in Jesus alone to save you because his work on the cross, if that's you, then these verses will begin to tell you, well, this is then how you should live. So because of who we are in Christ, it impacts our thoughts, our lives, and we are called to live intentionally. So the next few verses, verses 15 through 18, tell us what our lives ought to look like in light of having Christ's light shining on us. Verse 15, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. We'll stop there, and we'll keep reading in a few minutes. Verses 15 through 18 
tell us. If you are a believer, then this is how your life should look. And what does he say? He says, walk carefully. He says, be filled with wisdom. Don't be foolish. And it says, make the best use of your time. He says, know God's will. So these verses are describing what our lives ought to look like. So a child of God with the Spirit of God should not be foolish. We should be marked with wisdom, as we're seeing in these verses, where we know God's will because we know the Word. We're walking with the Spirit, like verse 18 says, filled with the Spirit. And so we live lives that are intentional as we're walking with God. And so if you want two simple words, one is intentional and simple are two words that we value as a church that are found in this text. So we value being intentional because God is intentional. So everything that you see here in these verses on live carefully, live wisely, Use your time wisely. Know God's will is talking about intentionality in how we follow God. And God is intentional because if you think about it, in eternity past, before nothing existed, God had a plan. And on purpose, God intentionally created the world and then on purpose sent his son to redeem it, to bring us back to him. And so everything about who God is is intentional. God does nothing by accident. And God does nothing that is a surprise. Nothing surprises God. Understand this. This is such a profound truth that we have to know and believe. Whatever you're going through today, it has not caught God off guard. He knows. And he cares. And he has a purpose through that pain, to display his glory and to bless you. You're thinking, I don't see it. Well, maybe you don't see it today, but I have faith that soon you will. God is intentional. Therefore, we, to reflect him, also value being intentional. We value being simple. Here's why. Because being simple gives us the space. So hear me. Being simple gives us the room, the space to hear the Holy Spirit. When we live overly busy, rushed lives, we don't have the mental capacity. We don't have the space or the room to hear from God. And so we value being simple. In simplifying our lives and simplifying how we approach being a church, simple, so that we have room to breathe and to hear the Holy Spirit. That verse 18 says, be filled in the Spirit. So we value being intentional and we value being simple. Now, here's what we're going to do. We're going to look at this, first of all, with how us as individuals, and then we're going to apply these, these two truths to what it looks like for us as a church. 
So we value being intentional and being simple because it leads to a restored soul. Let me say that again for taking notes. We value being intentional and simple because it leads to having a restored soul. That's the goal, is it not? To walk with God, to hear his voice, to enjoy his presence, to worship him. Adam and Eve did that in the garden, and that is still God's plan that he is restoring us back to that same place. And when we get to heaven at the end of all time, it's the the eternal, it'll be the garden of Eden, but it'll be the whole earth. It'll be us once again walking with God. But between the past and the future, living right here in the present, we that's all our purpose. Walking with God, enjoying his presence. This is why we live. It's called worship. And so we value intentionality and simplicity because it puts us in that place to have a restored soul and have peace. And you can have this even if your life is busy or crazy or painful or disappointing in the middle of all of it. You can still have a soul that is restored with God. So let's first apply this to our individual lives. I, I doubt it's just me. I'm pretty sure it's all of us. We live busy lives. Amen? Just think on the average week, the things you have to do. You have to go to your job, right? You have to clean your house. You have to go to the grocery store. You have to cook the meals. You have to then clean after those meals. Or actually, kids do that if you have kids. Um, or you do it yourself and you serve your family or you do it together. But then you have to maintain your vehicle. And then guess what? They break sometimes. You have to take it to the shop. And then if you have a pet, the pet gets it. You have to go to the vet. And then you have to do your yard work. You got to pay your bills. Right? You go, oh, yeah, take showers in there. Amen? And if that wasn't enough, you have people in your life that want and need your attention. So, for example, men, if you're too busy and you don't have time for your wife or your kids, well, life is going to remind you that you haven't spent time with her, which is a good thing. If your wife isn't reminding you, then she doesn't care and there's a problem and we should meet this week and talk. But your wife or your husband and your children need you and they don't need just your leftovers. They don't need your emotional crumbs. They need you, your time and your mind and your energy. And if that wasn't enough, you have a church that says you need to come at 7.30 a.m. to come do setup. And then you have people around you that need to hear the good news so that they will be awakened and have the light of Christ shine on them. So between your normal daily duties and obligations and your family and your friendships, and I'm sure you have some hobbies, I'm sure you have some Netflix shows that you have to catch up on. So between your hobbies and honestly wanting to live kingdom-minded lives, where we're serving the church and serving the world and having meaningful relationships. Some of you are thinking, man, I'm already tired. Like, I wake up tired sometimes. I doubt it's just me. 
man, life can be so busy and so fast-paced and just so demanding. And here you are hearing a sermon on being intentional and being simple. We have to ask ourselves with our, our lives, are we really getting to know God and other people better? Are we really living the life that we know God wants for us and that deep down inside that we also This is for the fathers in the room, because there's a lot of them. You are called to spiritually lead your home. You are called to be a priest in your home who leads with the word and leads by example. And we need to encourage each other because this is a high calling and it's not easy, but we are called to be intentional as husbands and fathers and take that lead. This is what we see in the Word. But see, here's the challenge. Let's just be real. The challenge is that our pace and the demands that are on us, it causes pain. It causes pain deep inside of us. And this is for all of us. The pace and the demands of this life can just chip away and eat away at us. And it has a cumulative effect. It's not just one demand. It's many of them all in a row. So it's kind of like if you have one night where you only see it four or five hours, like for me, the next day, I'm fine. A second day in a row, four to five hours, I can manage, but I begin to feel it. By the third or fourth day of sleeping four to five hours, I'm a wreck. Not helpful to anyone much less in God's kingdom. It becomes the compounding cumulative effect. And it's like that with our lives. There are so many demands, and it just becomes this compounding cumulative thing, and then you just feel exhausted. Is your soul restored today? Or is your soul tired this morning? I think we need to take inventory, like just be honest with ourselves on how we're doing. But here's the key. We can't do it comparing to other people because that's easy to do. Like you could say, well, yeah, my life is chaotic, but my chaos is less than my friend's chaos. My kids are only in two sports, not in four. So I'm doing pretty good compared to so-and-so. And so we begin to compare ourselves to other people and say, well, she's crazy. His life is out of control. Well, let's not do that. Let's not compare to other people. Let's just compare ourselves to what the Bible says and ask ourselves, is our soul restored? Are we living chaotic lives? Like we just read, do we really walk carefully with Wisdom, making the best use of time, knowing God's will. Do we live that way? I'll ask you this question to help us think through this as we do our own evaluation is, are we reactive or are we intentional? Because there's a big difference with being reactive in life versus actually being proactive or being intentional. 
And so, for example, if you are just reacting, then I would guess that your main goal in life is just trying to not be annoyed. Ever been there? Where when you're, you're parenting and really your only philosophy of parenting is just don't annoy me. And you sit all the time with that couple that are just so tired that they just hand their child the phone and say, can you just watch for X number of hours so that I can just breathe and maintain my sanity? Okay, I know I have four kids and twin five-year-olds. They weren't always five. They were one before. I remember. It wasn't that long ago. I, I feel you. But being reactive, and another example, this one, man, I'm, I'm, I'm guilty of this one. So we've had some technical difficulties even today with, with our lights, I'm sure you noticed. And we've had some problems even with our mics kind of cutting in and out. And so there was this long thread on, on the email between different people, people who love Jesus, people that I, I love and respect. And I'm being CC'd on this lengthy technical list of emails and I look at it, and I just think, I can't. <laughs> I can't even open that on my inbox. I'm just like, nope, I'm not even going to open that because that's Pandora's box. I already know what's going to happen. I'm going to open up that email, and it's going to have a lot of technical jargon, and I'm not going to fully understand it. I'm going to get sucked in. And so I just did the reasonable thing. I ignored it. I love you, Danny. But I didn't even open the email, and I know you can relate. Don't lie to me on a Sunday morning. You know that you see an email, and you think, oh, no. And then you, and you open it, and it's so long. It's like there's several paragraphs, and you think, oh, I can't read that. But like, I can only handle easy things today. Ever been there? Yes, you have. I was there this week. But if we're honest, that's being reactive. That's not being intentional. That is evidence that all of us can get overwhelmed and emotionally exhausted and just the pace and just the demands of life can sometimes be so intense that we just think, I just can't even hardly handle what God is putting before us. And so what is the solution? And I'm sharing this with you as a fellow brother on the journey with you. Not someone who is above you, not someone who is better than you, but a fellow sinner who is desperate for the grace of God and who we need each other as we pursue the solution. But I do want to say this, for those of us that can feel guilty for being really busy, I want you to think back to Mark chapter 6. If you can, just turn there. Mark 6. Mark 6 describes when Jesus fed the 5,000. If you remember, they were on the boat 
And there were thousands that were following them. And then Jesus begins to preach and minister. And then it got late. And, and then they didn't have food to feed them. And so Jesus multiplies one child's lunch and feeds 5,000 men plus women and children. And so that's what happens in, in Mark 6. It's the accounts of the feeding of the 5,000. Well, earlier, right before that event, in the exact same, same context, Verse 30, Mark 6.30, the apostles, the disciples, returned to Jesus and told him all they had done and taught. So what were they doing? They were teaching. They were busy working in the kingdom. They, they weren't sitting at home, you know, binging Netflix. They were busy. They were teaching. They were doing in the name of Jesus. So they come back to Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. And remember what happened. They didn't even have lunch with them. Verse 31, and he said to them, come away by yourselves to a desolate place and, what does it say? Rest for a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. You hear that? They didn't even have time to go do drive through They were too busy serving Jesus, too busy preaching and teaching, too busy in the kingdom. They were so busy with serving that Jesus says, hey, stop, you haven't had a chance to eat Come, come get alone and rest. So if, if we think that it's possible for someone who is active in the kingdom, who is serving God, to always be at peace and always be fully rested and never get tired, then you're wrong. It's not possible. Jesus got tired. The disciples got tired. And needed to just stop and rest. And so it is normal. Hear me. It's normal to get tired when you're serving in the kingdom. I hope this is freeing for you. I hope this is, this is liberating. And this is peace and mercy on you. It's Normal, so we shouldn't feel guilty. I talk to my wife, Bonnie, all the time because we went to our new house six weeks ago, and man, we still have boxes that we have not been able to get to. And this week, like, we were just kind of lamenting a little on, man, like, we're still not even settled. But then we said, but why? Why are we not settled? Because of the people that we're meeting with people that we're investing with because our lives are full. Full of what? People. The people of God. And so we, we said, you know what? We're not going to feel guilty. We will be settled in when we're settled in. And we're not going to put any extra pressure on ourselves to have every box put away immediately. There is definitely a balance that we need to strike here. But the point here is that getting tired is normal. Francis Schaeffer, amazing theologian of the mid-20th century, writes this about this very reality. He says, 
if the Holy Spirit is working, the whole man will be involved and there will be much cost to the Christian. You hear that? If God's Spirit is working, it says there's cost to the Christian. The more the Holy Spirit works, the more Christians will be used in the battle. And the more they are used, the more there will be personal cost and tiredness. It is quite the opposite of what we might first think. People often cry out for the work of the Holy Spirit and yet forget that when the Holy Spirit works, there is always tremendous cost to the people of God. Weariness and tears and battles. So if you want to be used in God's kingdom and led by the Spirit, there's going to be, as Schaefer says, weariness and tears and battles. And if you don't want the weariness and the tears and the battle, then don't ask for God to use you. Don't ask for the Spirit to work in your life. But if you do ask and you do desire to live for the kingdom of God, for the glory of God, for the fulfillment in your own soul, then it's a natural thing to expect to be tired. It's going to happen. So the question is, how do we respond to these truths? Let's simplify it and get practical. So being intentional and being simple in, yes, a fast-paced world. So the first thought here, the first application point here, is that supernatural life requires supernatural strength. So if you know Jesus and you are trying to live for his kingdom, that by its very definition is supernatural. It's not natural. It's supernatural. And supernatural life requires supernatural strength strength. And so following Jesus cannot be done in our own strength. It's not possible. It can only be done through the strength that God's Spirit provides. You can't schedule and discipline a perfect life. You can try, and we should try to be intentional and simplify our lives. Absolutely, as we just read. Be careful, be mindful of the time, be wise. So yes, we need to have boundaries But the first point here is we need the power that only comes from the Spirit of God. We read earlier in the worship gathering out of John 15. I just wanted to read to you a couple of verses. John 15, verses 4 and 5. And you know, no, I'm in the wrong verse. I'm in John 14. (laughs) One more chapter. John 15, verse 4. Abide in me, and I in you, as a branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. You hear that? Abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. You hear that? Apart from the life and the strength that Jesus imparts as we abide in him, apart from him, we can do nothing. Nothing of eternal value, nothing of significance 
only what we can do in our own flesh, which does not get us very far. And so if you want to be used by God and for God and have strength in the middle of the crazy, then you need to abide in Christ. We read in verse 18, walk in the Spirit. He says, don't get drunk. Walk in the Spirit. Because all of us, with our pace and demands, creates pain. And so we yearn to have restored souls. And so what do we do? We turn to, it says in Ephesians 5, we turn to alcohol. Or maybe you turn to social media. Or maybe you turn to eating. Or you turn to pornography. Or you turn to any other number of things. And sometimes not even evil. Social media is not evil. But if you're turning to that, when your soul is yearning restoration, it won't work. It'll just leave you more empty and you just scroll longer and scroll longer and numb your mind longer, but it won't actually restore your soul. Only Jesus, through his presence, through his spirit, as you abide in him, only he can do that, which is why it says, don't drink wine, don't get drunk. Instead, walk in the spirit. I read a great quote this week. It says, we must arrange our days so that we are experiencing joy. Hear me. We must arrange our days so that we're experiencing joy and contentment in our everyday life with God. So this is about being intentional, of abiding in Christ, intentional about reading his word, and in the middle of what's so crazy is stopping to take rest, the way Jesus told his disciples to walk in the Spirit. So are you being intentional with walking in the Spirit and abiding in Christ so that you can then receive the supernatural strength for the supernatural life that he has given you and called you to? Second application thought here is still your soul before God. Warfare is exhausting. Following Jesus will cost. And so we need supernatural rest to live this supernatural life that God has given to us. So what do you do in the middle of your insane schedule? You can just step away for a few minutes and just go for a walk. You can turn off your computer for a couple of minutes and just sit there and breathe. Pray and say, Jesus, restore my soul. I'm anxious. And all of these demands that I have that I have to get done today. They just seem all so big. And it happens to me whenever I feel that way and I stop and I, I pray, then, then they don't seem so big anymore. They like shrink. And I'm empowered. And I feel restored. And that's not just power of a positive thinking. This is the power of God's Spirit who is in you. 
It's abiding in Jesus so that you have the strength with the soul that is stilled and quiet. We have to take these these sometimes brief opportunities to still our soul in the middle of our day so that we can experience his restoration and have the strength to keep going. It's trusting and resting in God. After you have that meeting that just leaves you emotionally a wreck, go sit quietly and pray, Jesus, restore my soul. intentionality with abiding in Christ all the time, not just once or twice, but on an ongoing basis throughout the day where you intentionally still your soul. And one last thought on application on this is set boundaries. You have to say no. You can't be on four ministry teams. And if you are, then I don't know about it because I would not allow that. And so stop it. We don't need you on more than one, at most two, ministry teams. And if you do set up, and if you're part of this church, then you ought to be on set up. And it's a great time. We share our lives together. It really is enjoyable, and it's, it's meaningful. But on a rotation, no one does it every week. You have to say No, and some of you don't believe you actually have the choice. Some of you believe that when someone asks you, you have to say yes. If someone asks you, can you watch my dog? You think, oh, I got to say yes. No, you don't. Someone asks you, can you house it for me? You're like, oh, I got to say yes. No, you don't. You have a choice to say yes. No, I love you, but this is not a good week to house it for you. If someone says, will you come watch my kids? If they're my kids, you have to say yes. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you can say no. You, know, you are not a slave to anyone. You choose to serve as the Spirit leads you, which is why it says, walk in the Spirit. When he says, be wise and use your time wisely and be intentional. In that same sentence, but walk in the Spirit. The Spirit has to be the one to lead you so that you know when to say yes and when to say no and to discern that. And how do you discern that? Motives. Why are you saying yes? Because if you're saying yes out of guilt or obligation, or if you're saying yes because you want to be perceived a certain way, or if you're saying yes for any reason other than that you feel God's Spirit saying yes, that is a divine, a godly, healthy interruption. Because hear me, we're all going to have interruptions, but there's two basic kinds. There's the healthy interruptions and the unhealthy interruptions. And you have to know when an interruption is, quite honestly, unhealthy, and you have to say, no, or I'll call you back, or I can't do that, because that's not healthy for me. I have too much going on. But sometimes it's a God-sent interruption, and you need to say yes. How do you know the difference? Walk in the Spirit. If you don't walk in the Spirit, then you're going to just be led by the flesh, and you're going to say yes to everything or no to everything when you shouldn't do 
either. You should say yes sometimes and no sometimes as God leads. We're called to be intentional and simple. Let me talk to you for just a few minutes. Our time is almost expiring, but I don't want to end without making sure you understand how this applies to Renewal Church as a whole. Yes, being intentional and simple applies to you individually, and we need to simplify our lives with intentionality. But it also has to be applied as a church as a whole. So being intentional and simple means that at Renewal Church, we will walk carefully, be filled with wisdom, make the best use of our time, and know God's will. Like we just read, it applies to you as an individual. It applies to us also as a church. So what that means is every single partnership, every single ministry, every single event, every single gathering that we have, everything that we do will be on purpose. It'll be intentional and contribute towards accomplishing our mission. We will never do anything just because that's how we've always done it. No, we will not. We will only do what we are led by the Spirit in an intentional way that contributes towards what the vision is for this church. And so everything from when you walked in into the lobby, that was intentional. We blocked off this side on purpose so that you had to go in through one entrance so that we could meet you. Intentional. Coffee. You can't just walk up and get your own coffee. Sorry. We're going to serve you a coffee because we care about you and we want you to be forced to get to know us because we want to know you. That's being intentional. The way that we pick songs that fit with the the sermon, the overall flow of each worship gathering is on purpose. There is intention behind it. Everything that I preach within every series is designed to shape the culture of this church as we press forward. Our home groups being discussion-based, geographical, not age-graded, all of it is on purpose. There is intention behind it. What we're trying to fulfill is the mission God has given to us as a church. And so everything, 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 that we do as a church has a purpose and is intentional. And if you ever see anything that seems to be haphazard, then come talk to me. Because that should not be the case. It should be on purpose. There's a reason why we're doing everything that we do. And we want to make things simple. We want to simplify. And so talk about intentional, just one last thought, is it even impacts how we spend our money how we use the resources God had given to us is also greatly impacted by our intentionality. And so how we use the resources means that we don't really have the vision to have a tens of millions of dollars, very large facility. That's not the vision. That is not what God put on our hearts. And so if you are joining us here early on and you think, oh, this is going to be an amazing mega church," well, that's not necessarily where we're headed. We want to be a multiplying church. And so that impacts what we do because of our intentionality. And being simple, we want to keep things as simple as 
possible. Simple kids and simple youth ministries, simple home groups. We don't want things to be overly complex. We don't want to have to have a very large staff that requires over half of the church's budget. We want to keep things as simple and lean and streamlined as possible. Because this is what's on our hearts. This is who God is shaping us to be, a church that is simple. So that way you can breathe. And you'll have time to have people in your life. And all have time to be a shepherd and not just an administrator. Which is what most pastors today have become. Administrators over lots of programs. There's a reason why we don't have a lot of programs. We don't want to have a lot of programs. We want to be simple. We can spend time with each other. And it can be a life-giving, highly relational environment.